Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good to have you with me. It is the 11th day of October. I'm Michelle Martin. All right, let's uh, look at markets in mere minutes. Asia Pacific markets mixed this morning as investors prepare for a new week. Sydney is trading down about three quarters of a percent. Tokyo is up one third of a percent. Markets in South Korea closed today for a holiday. Now, just what do investors have on their radars this week? Joining me now to help answer the question, break down all the market action, Ryan Hua. How was the weekend? Awesome, Michelle. How was yours? Uh, feeling good. I can feel the buzz coming back and a lot of excitement. The roads are busier than ever. Are you already, um, you know, looking forward to, to doing more? Yeah, I was just digesting the VTL news and I can almost smell the cabin air. <laughs> that you can almost you know, think about right now. Right? I thought I was hallucinating now. yesterday. I could actually hear the sounds in a plane as well. <laughs> Busting your seatbelts. <laughs> and let's go. So are you making travel plans? I am. I've been looking around. In fact, uh, I was probably one of the guys who crashed the website on Saturday. Ah! <laughs> the SIA website, of course, yeah. at around 3 p.m., right after the speeches and the information that came through, mm. saw a huge flood of people just going into SIA's website. Could you get in? Only the front page <laughs> for a few moments, and then I gave up. All right. Well, Singapore is opening up those new vaccinated travel lanes to nine more countries, including the U.S., U.K., France, and South Korea. All the countries on the list are among Singapore's top trading partners. News of the opening up reportedly overwhelmed Singapore Airlines' website. They had to post a, sorry, we'll be back soon message. I know, I took a screen cap and was sending that out to all my friends. We had a good chuckle. Potential travellers also flocked to Singapore Airlines Service Centre on Orchard Road over the weekend. So, Ryan, Singapore placing a cap of 3,000 arrivals per day under the new rules. Is this likely to meet the pent-up demand of people who want to travel (laughs) Haven't been able to visit families since the pandemic began. I'm not sure if 3,000 is going to be enough, right? When you Mm. think about all the pent-up travel demand that has been in the past two years or so, and we are talking about multiple now destinations. You talk about nine additional countries, and this includes the likes of Denmark, Canada, France, Italy, the Netherlands, Spain, um, the UK, and the United States. You know, they've got so many options for holiday plans. And you talk about the season, right? Mm-hmm. We are heading into the um, end of the year travel season when you typically clear leaves and you try to find something to do. Mm-hmm. And 3,000 spots right now per day does not seem like a lot. So what this could mean is possibly prices going up. Oh, that upward. Now, what is the impact, do you think, of this opening likely to be on Singapore Airlines business as well as that of other companies in the tourism, the hospitality sector? Yeah, if prices go up, it's going to be good news for SIA because they would probably sell the more um, premium-priced seats. Mm-hmm. So there'll be fatter profit margins. And of course, uh, with the travel going out, not just going out, but also coming in, you could be due for more tourism traffic coming through for the hospitality sectors. The hotels will do well. Uh, anyone in the industry, to a certain extent, retail, uh, of course, SETS will be one of those names, um, the in-flight caterer. And you've also got the likes of SIA Engineering also in that group. Um, the hotels like um, Escort, for example, would be one to watch out for in trading later today. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple of uh, feel-good 
factors that could just start the day bright for uh, Monday trading for some of these names. Now, Singapore is not the only country in the region that is starting to open up because Malaysia is also uh, joining the live with COVID push or rather live with COVID. It's reopening interstate borders and relaxing rules for overseas travel. So what is the latest on the potential reopening of Singapore's border with Malaysia? Yeah, it is actually a big day for many countries across Asia. So mm-hmm. Malaysia over um, the weekend announced that today they will be restarting interstate travel after hitting its vaccination target. So that has started to raise questions about, you no, know, how about Singapore to Malaysia and vice versa? So that is now apparently in discussions. Both sides, according to Health Minister Hong Ye Kang, are currently trying to get to that finishing point where we can reopen borders soon. But right now, it's still at a discussion stage and we'll just have to stay tuned for details. And talking about the rest of the region, yeah. Sydney um, also emerges oh. from lockdown today after right. nearly four months. Bali partially reopens its borders to foreigners. And uh, talking about impact, we talked about how some companies might benefit, but I'm thinking as well how the spending that will go into holidays has to come from somewhere. So maybe the retail um, spending that could be cut back could affect REITs. So that could be a potential headwind for today for some of those uh, stocks you're watching out for. That's an interesting point of view. I think REITs could benefit actually from all mm. the, the new spending from the travellers coming in. Vaccinated travel lanes are not the only changes introduced by the government over the weekend. The government also tightening rules for the unvaccinated and simplifying those testing protocols. Have you been scratching your head wondering, okay, so what do I do if I test positive? How many days do I have to sequester myself? And what do I do? Um, simplifying rules always a good thing to do in my book. For those who have missed the news, Ryan. Give us an overview of what to expect. Okay, so uh, essentially it is more streamlined now. Um, So basically it's grouped into three protocols depending on what status you are, whether you're positive, negative, or whether you have symptoms. So based on those protocols, um, it's a bit clearer and efficient in the sense that now there are time-based protocols built in. So for example, you don't have to wait for anyone to tell you that you're clear. After 10 days, if you have a negative result, for example, um, you can just go back to business as usual. So that kind of reduces the dependency on health resources. You don't have to go for a clinical checkup, so to speak. Mm. Uh, And also worth watching out for is the um, restrictions now on unvaccinated individuals. So they will no longer be able to dine at eateries or visit shopping malls or attractions. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a, this, I guess, segregation of um, vaccinated and non-vaccinated people. So the thinking here is that those who are not vaccinated are more vulnerable and they should be less exposed to the um, wider public in case they get sick. So that is the thinking there. Um, But there is a one-week grace period. It starts from Wednesday Mm -hmm. until the following Wednesday before it gets enforced. So now is the time for businesses to adjust. Disincentivizing staying unvaccinated. Now, vaccinated travel lanes are not the only changes introduced by the government over the weekend. The government is also tightening rules for the unvaccinated, simplifying those testing protocols, as you've heard. So... I hope we've given you a sense of how those flowcharts have eased somewhat, yeah, here in Singapore, how, the, how they've shortened those flowcharts. Still a flowchart, three columns though, not, not so many, 
Not so many. Now, let's shift to U.S. markets. The major indices, they all finished in the green last week. In fact, it was the best week for the Dow since June. It rose 1.2%. Investors have a host of issues to process as they assess the week ahead, including wage gains, inflation, lower growth forecasts, and more. They're also looking ahead to the third quarter earnings season, which kicks off in earnest this week. Now, the big banks, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, they're all going to be opening their books. So what should we be looking forward to and what are markets expecting? Yeah, so it is going to be one of the big market catalysts for this week and upcoming weeks um, because you now have some leads coming through from corporates in the, in the sense that you will see their numbers and what they're projecting for the months ahead. So first off the blocks will be the financials. So that will be uh, Wednesday night when we hear from the likes of JP Morgan and you've got the likes of Citigroup, Bank of America, uh, Morgan Stanley. So they will be giving a bit of a sense of where things are going. And of course, if you talk about banks, you have to talk about interest rates. And that is kind of tied into where yields are going on 10-year bond notes. And it's worth noting, uh, they were up past 1.6% for the first time since June. So Mm. that is a four-month high. And that is off the back of rising inflation expectations. And that kind of has... Um, a couple of things there to watch out for. Um, it was actually interest, interesting to see the jobs data come through last Friday. It was a big miss when it came to the jobs being created. Uh, that was a reading for September at 194,000, well below the consensus forecast of 500,000. Um, but it is a bit of a mixed picture, so not so good on that part. The more positive side is where the unemployment rate, for example, fell to 4.8%. The same level seen in late 2016. There was also some growth in wage numbers, so, uh, wage, wage growth. So that was a bit of a mixed picture overall. So that will be something investors will also be digesting. And of course, um, when it comes to the earnings season, we are looking out for the impact from supply chain bottlenecks with higher costs uh, being fed through to um, things that um, companies need to produce their stuff, labor costs as well. So all of that will be factored in into their projections, whether they are confident enough to pass it on or to raise their outlooks for the year. And also looking at what the estimates are for the third quarter or rather the next uh, fourth quarter earnings, uh, it's expected to rise 27.6% year over year. And this would be the third highest growth rate since 2010. So. Wow. Promising, if you look at what the bar is being set for this uh, latest earnings season. On the macro front, Goldman Sachs has cut its growth forecast for the U.S. to 5.6% this year, 4% in 2022. The bank's economists say consumer spending in the U.S. is recovering at a slower pace than expected. At the same time, strong wage growth leading many analysts to doubt that inflation is going away anytime soon. Now, investors betting on stock market turbulence may be in for a good run, meanwhile. An interesting headline on Bloomberg has caught my eye. Now it says more stocks are moving in tandem and that that is a troubling sign for the bulls. Now why is that? Yeah, so I'll just sum it up for you. Um, mm-hmm. You've seen how markets have um, gone up and down in the past few weeks and months and there has been an, a pattern emerging which is how many of these stocks move in lockstep or unison um, where there isn't really a clear a distinction on many days, uh, whether they're from this sector or that sector, they seem to just be going in the same direction. That can be a worry in the sense that 
they are a sign of how markets can be fragile if you see any change in sentiment in terms of headlines. Um, that would then see a huge pullback uh, if things change in terms of an outlook. So that is one thing to watch out for in terms of uh, potential risks um, because things can just turn around very fast if just there is an excuse for anyone to take profit or something spooks the markets. Mm. And how do you hedge in the environment like that, right? Mm. In corporate news, a billion-dollar IPO is bound to attract investor attention today. A company called ACWA Power International is starting trading in Riyadh. It's the biggest Saudi listing since the oil giant Aramco back in 2019. Tell us more. Yeah, so we had the chance, at least many investors had a chance to take part in the oil business when it comes to the the previous IPO by Aramco. Now there's another part of the pie where they can uh, get some exposure. And this is with ACWA, uh, mm-hmm. where they will be giving investors access to investing in renewable energy and hydrogen projects. So a bit of a diversification away from the oil economy picture that we've been um, used to in Saudi Arabia. So that drew $1.2 billion um, in terms of uh, funds raised for his IPO. And of course, it will be trading today and will be closely watched to see how much of a day one pop we will get. All right, in uh, time now for more headlines and our Monday morning game. It's up or down time. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. Let's start with corporate taxes. All right. I'm not sure what to go with this. I would say <laughs> up because uh, rates will be going up for many corporates in terms of how... Uh, Finally, the OECD countries have reached an agreement on a minimum global tax of 15%. So finally, Ireland and Hungary are on the same page. That's right. So really up or down in terms of corporate taxes, depending on which country that you're in, given this OECD breakthrough to establish a minimum global corporate tax rate of 15%. Ireland, one of the last holdouts, signed on to the deal over the weekend. Next, let's look at cotton prices. Okay, that is going to be an up for me. In fact, it's so up, it's a 10-year high for cotton prices. So we have to imagine what this could mean for many apparel makers. The likes of Uniqlo, the likes of Levi's, all of them use cotton to a certain extent. And that will mean um, either they absorb the costs or pass it on to you. Oh no, cotton trading at a 10-year high. And this could mean higher t-shirt prices. Oh, I was going to, you know, start making I t-shirts. I guess you'll wear man. other stuff. <laughs> Leather jackets maybe, <laughs> I'm not sure. Interest rates in the UK? Interest rates in the UK. I would go with up. That's because you've got all these worries about inflation going up. And to a certain extent, the central banks will have to do some catch up with trying to curb these inflationary pressures by raising rates. Yeah, so most likely set to go up for interest rates in the UK. Officials from the Bank of England are warning that an interest rate hike in the UK will come significantly earlier than previously thought. So the BOE worried about the impact of inflation if it does not raise those rates. We're going to check in on markets in a minute. But first, Ryan, are you a Bond fan? I'm not talking corporate bonds. I'm talking the James Bond. (laughs) Uh, I used to be a bigger fan when I was younger when I was 
uh, so just really loving all the gadgets and the cars that came with the entire franchise. That's good fun. Well, No Time to Die is out in theatres and it is supposed to be Daniel Craig's last film in the role. So how's it doing at the box office? I've heard that line before. His last film, I thought it was many films ago. But anyways, <laughs> um, apparently it did very well, enough to snare mm. $56 million in the US box office. And globally... $300 million. But for me, it's no time to watch. I've got so many things to do right now. So maybe I'll just wait for it to land on Netflix or something. Oh, no time to die. Outperforming advanced ticket sales expectations. Daniel Craig, still very popular. Now, let's turn to Singapore. We are 21 minutes into the local trading day. Last week, the SDI gained 2% to close above the support at 3100 level. It finished the week at 3112. How is the SDI trading this morning? Yeah, so you've got the STI off a three-day winning streak and on Friday it was up by around 0.4% to cap a 2% gain for the week. Right now, starting Monday, surprisingly, it's pretty much flat at 3,112. So let's take a look at the 30 constituents and if we look at red versus green, it's pretty much split across the middle. Uh, Right at the top, no surprises. SIA up 7.6%, 552, followed by Gunting Singapore up 4.1% at 75.5 cents. Sats in the green by 4% at 434. Comfort Delgro up nearly 2%. So it really gives you a picture of where the crowd is going to the sentiment, really riding on that VTL expansion um, news. And at the bottom of the table, uh, you've got Capitaland Invest. And Capital DC REIT. Um, also worth watching um, in the news today, I've got Raffles Education. They had a bit of a surprise warning um, on Friday where they said their auditors were doubtful on whether they could continue as a going concern, pretty much casting doubt on their operations. So Raffles Education down this morning by 12.5% at 8 and or $0.8.4. Cents. And there's an article in the Straits Times by Ven. You can read more about that situation if you want to catch up on the latest on Raffles Education. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang. There, 9.22 on the clock. Coming up, to beat the market, you have to be brave, independent and strange sometimes. Strange enough to stray from the crowd. We find out more about uh, a great book recommendation from my guest coming up in about 35 minutes. He's going to walk us through some of the ideas that he's really picked out from this book and ran with uh, for his career. The book is called Richer, Wiser, Happier, and it is fascinating how the world's greatest inventors win in market and in life. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.